hundred thousand Frenchmen in New Orleans. In New Orleans, there are Frenchmen everywhere. Your house could fall down, your baby could drown. Wouldn't one of those Frenchmen care? Everybody gather round, loosen up your suspenders, hunker down on the ground. I'm a cracker, you want to, don't take good care of you. Who built the highway to Baton Rouge? Who put up the hospital and built the Come the cavefish, cavefish. Everybody say, Yes, the cavefish, the cavefish. Every man and king who took on the stand, all men and whipped ass. Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, our host, Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. And before you jump in, Tom, I want to add that we apologize for last week. The first hour did not air as it was delivered to iHeart. Why are we apologizing? Well, I'm apologizing for our heart. We delivered it as it should have been, and they did not load it properly. So we're sorry you missed out on that second half of the first hour. We do always try to deliver a good product, and we will continue to do so despite the gremlins. You sure you didn't screw that up? Ha ha. (laughs) Okay. She didn't. I saw her do it. So that song... Is by Randy Newman. And what Louisiana politician is it about? That song was done 30 years ago. Pull your mic down a little bit. Okay. Who's a historical Louisiana politician that Robert Penn Warren wrote a book about called All the King's Men? And they call him the Kingfish. Clearly, that's a rhetorical question. You're going to answer it. Or you, you don't know the know? answer. Does do anybody not, I do know not know the answer. Well, his name was Huey P. Long. And the reason I'm playing this is that we've just elected a new Speaker of the House. And the place where Huey P. Long was born is called Winfield, Louisiana. It's about 35 miles from Shreveport which is our new speaker's hometown. It's the same congressional district. Now, Huey P. Long wanted 
this is I, I'm almost getting goosebumps thinking about this. I used to drive all of that country when I lived in Houston up and down the Sabine River, which is right on the Texas border. That's his district. Huey P. Long wanted to be president. It was no there was no question about it, but he was a power hungry guy. And finally, somebody shot him. The book, All the King's Men, written by Robert Penn Warren from Guthrie, Kentucky, is about Huey P. Long. What's interesting is that this guy comes in completely humble. But it's the same district. It's the same Louisiana politics. This guy you're talking about, Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson, our new speaker. He's from Shreveport. He's Louisiana 4th District. I'm almost getting goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, this is Louisiana politics. I mean, and it's not the Huey Long style of Louisiana. This guy is a guy that remains on his knees. He prays. He asks God to. It's it's an amazing. I'm going to tell you, this is such an amazing thing. Just when everybody wanted to give up, we get a guy like this. How did it come out of nowhere, essentially? You have to ask your creator because I don't believe any human being can answer that question very accurately. First of all, let me read the psalm, number 37. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither is the green herb. Trust in the Lord, and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. Back to Mike Johnson. Of course, we have a Mike Johnson. It's okay, guys. It's the same person. Your he's going to do double. Aren't he's going to be doing double duty, yeah, right? No, but you know, Mike, our Mike Johnson, who is a certified financial planner, planner. is it was hilarious because his phone was just lighting up oh, yeah. all I was day calling long. I called him. All his friends were, you know, congratulating just, hey, baby. him. Yes, congratulating him on his new position. You need any advice? This guy, I, I really don't know much about him. Uh, I, di I did listen to his uh, speech. He got he got every Republican vote. Nobody's been able to do that. And uh, whew, Matt Gates, you can thank Matt Gates of Florida, the guy that basically booted out Kevin McCarthy. Matt Gates is the kingmaker here. This, this is what happened, G-A-E-T-Z. No Marjorie Taylor Greene, no Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates. So we've got this guy. It's going to be good. I think what they need to do, and I've been trying to contact our congressman, they need to say to the markets, we are going to have Fiscal discipline. Fiscal. Fiscal discipline. F oh fiscal discipline. And that means 
we're going to start not running deficits. And if we have to shut down the government, we'll by God do it. That would be an incredible message to the bond market. That would be in a message to um, just markets in general. Anyway, I feel like this guy, it's, and they're, the left, they don't even know what hit them. I mean, you can look at some of these, they are numb. They were thinking these guys are never going to elect a speaker and they're going to get Hakeem Jeffries as Speaker of the House, even with a Republican majority. That's what they were thinking. Kevin McCarthy tried to come back and stab everybody in the back and see if he could get the votes. He d- it didn't work. He is banished, and maybe he'll do us a favor and just drop out of you know, retire next time. This, this guy, uh, just the more I read, you know, the better I feel about the whole situation. And, but to me, here's what's interesting. Huey Long was the first, what you would call populist. Huey Long campaign against Baton Rouge politics. What was Baton Rouge politics? It's the old parish system. It's it's all the corrupt French influence in the state of Louisiana. Huey Long was north Louisiana, north of I-10. All the way up in the northwest corner, we're talking Shreveport. Um, you know, Alexandria, towns like that, country people, almost like South Arkansas, not Cajun, not, not New Orleans Creole French, but crackers. And the, the Huey Long appeal to both white and black people in Louisiana is the big corporate interests who have always bought all the politicians in South Louisiana, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, they're not going to buy me. This, this state is going to be run by little people like you and me. Now you can't understand Mike Johnson without understanding the historical context politically of where he's from. You drive around the back roads of Louisiana, and every time there's a bridge across a bio or a creek or a river, it's the Huey P. Long Bridge. You know how I know? Because I've done it. I drove all over western Louisiana when I lived in Houston, Texas back in the 80s. I went from DeWitt to DeRitter all the way up that side of that state. From from, you know, Port Ar- from Lake Charles all the way up. 
this district that this guy is from, are you guys hearing what I'm saying? I mean, this is significant politically. You got to understand the historical context. This guy will be our next president after the next election. Mike Johnson, I am going to predict right now he is going to be a president one day. And you know what? He's going to fulfill the dream that Huey P. Long had. Huey P. Long was too, he wanted it too much. And he was, you know, Huey P. Long had his people. He was a little bit like Garvis Kincaid. You know, some people thought he was God. Some people thought he was the most corrupt guy in the world. He was a king, but a common man king. This is the political context out of which Mike Johnson comes. Now, he's his own man. He walks with God. He, he kneels down and prays on his knees. But you cannot deny his historical context. And I don't see anybody talking about this. Nobody's come out with, with a, a, a thing on this. You, I mean, we're talking about this on Thursday. Maybe by Saturday when you're hearing it, somebody will have written an article about Huey P. Long and the Louisiana populist political tradition. It is where populism started. It's what Donald Trump is, basically. I mean, you know, Huey P. Long would have 15, 25, 30,000 people at his rallies. I mean, he, he had a rally at the LSU football stadium. That's in Baton Rouge, which is basically enemy territory. That's where he got shot on the front steps of the state office building, assassinated. And so, you know, I mean, you think the oil companies, the, you know, Standard Oil and those people, and, he, and they own, you know how you own Louisiana politicians? Your pocket I'm holding book. up my wallet. The most corrupt, the most institutionally corrupt state, they carry corruption to a level, or at least they once did, that we can only dream of. I saw it happen. And uh, I would go over there, the southern part of the state, and call on these banks out in Lafayette and, you know, the French-speaking areas. And they were always civil to you, but I wasn't going to do any business because, you know, I didn't work for the right firm, and I was with Rotan. And, I mean, it was fun to go to those Cajun places because you'd be driving around listening to the radio, and it's all in French. This was back in the 80s. Food was good, you know. Opelousas, great restaurants. But I couldn't do any business there because, I mean, you know, I wasn't with Howard Wheel, which was the big firm. So the point is, you're making me think of the Pelican Brief. Do you, you remember the book? Yeah, that's yeah. a John uh, Grisham thing. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Denzel Washington and, yeah. and Julia Roberts. And I'm the, trying to remember that one. The uh, the oil and it, it was spoiling the nature reserve. It's you it. know, yeah, yeah. At any rate, that you just when you were talking about the politics and the money, and that all of a sudden I'm I'm back in the movie watching the movie. But well, he, the, but Huey P. Long was a reaction to all the political interests that had been buying people and paying bribes for centuries in South Louisiana. I mean, you know, the Spanish were there in the early 1700s. New Orleans was Spanish before it was French. That's what the Cabildo is. It's the big 
building right down on, on Jackson Square that they probably renamed at this point to something else because they don't like Andrew Jackson. But it was – listen, it was all getting passed around. You know, Let's talk a little bit about Mike Johnson. Okay. And um, I Go pulled up an it. article. It was Politico. It's 55 things you need to know about Mike Johnson. And I, I know you were listening to part of his speech, but, you know, number one, which I thought was interesting, it says, all I ever aspired to be was a fireman. That was his father. Yep. And his his father suffered burns, burns. Did, yep, on 80% of his body in 1984 in an explosion that killed the fire captain um, and of course, Mike Johnson was 12 when this happened, uh, so he has a you know a little bit of hero worship, hero worship for his father. He um, does. His parents were divorced. Um, it's one of the things that apparently motivated his covenant with his wife. They're they're they have a very strong marriage, four kids. Yeah. Um, kind of you know he he talks about the fact that it was a miracle that his father survived the accident that he was in. Um, and he says, it made me the man that I am today and the man of faith that I am today. So um, I think it's interesting. Uh, he was the fourth nominee for the job after the ousted Kevin McCarthy, um, which, who, by the way, was... He was probably was, about the 12th nominee. Yeah, I, I, I was, I, he was just the fourth you heard about. I, I read, I read four, he was, you know, in, in this list, it says he was the fourth nominee, and I thought, uh that anybody's so. admitting to, right? Yeah, I mean, that's right. The entire time Kevin McCarthy was plotting for his return. And and when the whole Kevin s- McCarthy was stabbing people in the back right and left. Well, and I and I had a huge issue with and I'll get back to Mike Johnson in a minute, but I had a huge issue when Steve Scalise was uh, you know, was toying with it for a moment because I, I and I wanted to talk about this back a couple weeks ago we were chatting about something, but I have still a video of Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, right the day after January 6th, just trashing Matt Gates, saying that they needed to get rid of these Trumpers. Scalise? Scalise, yes. And so every time that, that those guys come up, I, like, I feel like that there's this, there is this, um, you know, this undercurrent of, of an agenda that they're not totally clean about. Um, so at any rate, well, and that's that's a whole other issue. But, but back to well, Mike they Johnson. they wanted to have. See, here's the thing: those guys are institutional guys, like our congressman. They want to keep. They don't like it when the wheels aren't turning, because guess what's not happening? Money's not getting spent. Right. And what I have said: when the wheels are turning in Washington, the American taxpayer is getting screwed twenty four seven. As the wheels turn, they spend our money and, and take us deeper in debt. They don't see anything wrong with that, but the average person does. Well, because because they're, it's about the money. And yep. war is money. Yep. Vaccines are money. Vaccines are money. Yeah, okay. Um, let's see. So back to Mike Johnson. So you know, Only three people have taken the 3%. Not three. <laughs> Three percent of people have taken the latest uh, okay, booster. So back, did you, but, you knew, didn't know that? Oh did. heck yeah! Um, You're trying to suck her down. Yeah, don't don't yeah. take me down there. All right. So he's also this uh, in this list. He is the least experienced Speaker of the House in 140 years. That's good. I, I actually think that's a pretty good that's thing. Damn yeah, good. I, I think so too. I, I mean, that's, I think so too. You couldn't do any better. How can you have experience as Speaker of the House 
if there's one speaker in the house. Yeah. I mean, what does that even mean? Meaning that you haven't been around the establishment for too long, which again, to Tom's point, how long point, has I he been in the a, house? You know, a little while. He was elected in 2015, unopposed in a special election to the Louisiana House of Representatives, Eight years. serving parts of two incomplete terms. So then he was elected in 2016 in a runoff to represent Louisiana's fourth district in the United States House of Representatives. So the fourth district, which is his district, is west and northwest Louisiana, and then it goes a little bit east. So uh, it is a, it's kind of a, it 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 sort of goes up the west side of Louisiana. And somewhat over across the northern part. Shreveport's in the northwest part of Louisiana. It's the biggest city in that district. And I have some very, very good friends that live there. Um, And, you know, it's on the Red River, um, which had to be cleared for commerce to go down to New Orleans. I mean, there's there's a lot of history to it. But the point is... (sighs) God, this is exciting. The point is, no, it's the Huey P. Long connection that does it for me. All right, we got to get out of here. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with our host, Tom Dupree and Missy Clifton. If you'd like to hear more of the Tom Dupree Show, you can always go to our website, dupreefinancial.com, and click on the radio tab. That also applies if I heart messes the broadcast up. We have the real one. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tom Dupree. You've heard me describe bonds as being timely investments lately. Recently, there have been numerous pieces of economic news which may be pointing to a recession. One of them is that credit card use among consumers has declined. Recessions almost always are accompanied by lower interest rates. Lower interest rates mean generally higher bond prices. At many times in the past, the best time to buy things have been when the outlook is unfavorable. For a no-cost, no-obligation examination of your retirement investment portfolio, call the Pre-Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at DupreeFinancial.com. Lucky Strike guest time now. Just a few weeks ago, a young man from Memphis, Tennessee, recorded a song on the Sun label. And in just a matter of a few weeks, that record has skyrocketed right up the charts. It's really doing good all over the country. He's only 19 years old. He has a new distinctive style. Elvis Presley. Let's give him a nice hand. We've been singing his songs around here for weeks and weeks and weeks. Elvis, how are you this evening? It's fine. How are you, sir? You all geared up with your band there to let us hear your songs? Uh, Well, I'd like to say how happy we are to be down here. It's a real honor for us to get a chance to appear on the Louisiana Hayride. We're going to do a song for you. You got anything else to say, sir? No, I'm ready. We're going to do a song for you. We've got on Sun Record. It goes something like this. (laughs) 
Back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, our host Tom Dupree, Missy Clifton, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, this is in this Mike Johnson thing. This is a 1954 recording from the Louisiana Hayride in Shreveport, which was kind of their version of the Grand Ole Opry. And it was when Elvis was really just getting started, a very young guy. Yeah, they said he was 19. 19 years old. from In he, this recording. And he wasn't from Memphis. He was from Tupelo. But he was recording in Memphis. But he was born in Tupelo, Mississippi, which is just south of Corinth. Um, anyway, I'm telling you, um, you know, Elvis was to music – what Huey P. Long was to politics. You, 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 you may say, oh, no, 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 no. But yes, 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 yes. And this is Elvis playing in, uh, and I, I mean, when I worked in Houston at, the, at Rotan Mosley, downtown Houston, Don Jackson was from Garrison, Texas. Now, Garrison, if you go north of Houston, like you're leaving and go, let's see you're going to drive back to Lexington. You drive northeast of Houston on Route 59. You go up to Nacogdoches. You go and you're you're basically 20 miles from Louisiana the whole way. And finally, you get to Texarkana, which is in the absolute kind of northeast corner of Texas. It's Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. You don't go into Louisiana. You go into Arkansas, then you go to Little Rock, Memphis, Nashville, E-Town, Lexington. The point is, Don Jackson growing up in Garrison, Texas, when they went to go somewhere to kick up their heels and have fun, they went to Shreveport. They didn't go to Dallas. They didn't go to Houston. Shreveport was like, you know, 60 miles away from his house. It's just barely over into Louisiana. This is so interesting to me. Let me tell you something. If this guy, Mike Johnson, could come up through Louisiana politics and be clean, he's clean. That's a big if. I don't Do think we know he's, everything yet. I don't know that. Well, there's nobody that's perfect, but I mean, you know, I, I, I'm seeing what he came out of. It is the most corrupt state in the union, but there are some of the best people that come from there. They are very 
good folks. And I, I, I just, I'm overcome with emotion about this. Well, you would think that corporate media would, you know, at least, uh, you they know, have a, no clue. They would at least, you know, a small pause, a bow, a, a, a moment of, you know, hello, yes, we finally, you know, we've elected a Speaker of the House. But no, it's, it is immediately the Washington Post, New York Times, the dribble, the oh, woe is me, this is terrible, um, nothing positive. It's, yeah, it's, they're, they're, these are really, truly evil people, okay? So you can't really listen to it because these people don't have any idea of where this guy's from. Well, it, it, think about this. So New York Times comes out with House elects Mike Johnson as speaker, embracing a hard right conservative. He is. He is. He is a hard right. So, so the question does beg, and, you know, again, that's the New York Times, but it does beg, Tom, the if he's so great, you know, and that you're talking about, why the I hell did we not know anything about him three weeks ago? Because he's unobtrusive. That's the thing, Missy. We knew nothing. Let me about ask you him. this question. I mean, people were scrambling Before to look you, him up to even know where all he right, was hold from. Hold on, hold on. Before you started doing the Tom Dupree show, how many people knew about Missy Clifton? Well, I hope not many do now, but that's okay. Oh, she's <laughs> a legend, Tom. You know that. The point is, sometimes there are really super qualified people. Right under your nose, they just are not power seekers. Sometimes the reason they get elected is because they are under the radar, especially when it's they're not. Well, he came in through he came in through a kind of a special election that probably anybody that put their name on the ballot could have won because he was unopposed. Right. So now he's in the door, and then he runs, and this is a pretty you know he probably didn't have to go up against a lot. the The, the point I'm trying to make is that. Sometimes you can't explain it. And, and, and evidently, somebody, Tommy Tuberville, the senator, said he hadn't had time to make anybody mad. And that may be true. He hasn't been seeking power. He's maybe been there to serve. And, and is that not what you really want in your politics, and, in your government? Don't you want people that I hear are there you. for that reason? He, he, he clearly has stayed out of the crosshairs of a lot of people. That's right. And he has been what he I want. now. I'm hoping that he is kind of the quiet, effective one. But you know what? He really, he, it's, he's actually not been quiet. He has been effective. He has done a whole lot of very overt stuff about he he is definitely one of those that was election the election denier. Yeah. He definitely has been la- you know labeled and was a big voice in the 2020 in putting together the legal defense for Trump. Um I was reading, you know, he has he called you for any research? No, I'm sorry, he hasn't. Not yet. But he just got elected. I, I love it that um even as a, an attorney, he apparently is a very adept attorney. Um I love the fact that he he wrote in 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 one of the for, you know for the Alliance Defending Freedom he oh, said that's a great this is a free country but we don't give special protections for every person's bizarre choices. That's it's that's good. I think stuff. that says says a lot. So okay, when it looked like conservatism was dead, you get the guy. Quite frankly that Paul Ryan should have been. Paul Ryan 
should have been this kind of conservative. But once again, the system has a way of co-opting you. Now, Kevin McCarthy never made any bones about the fact that he's, you know, he's a Mitch McConnell type. He'll, he'll do a deal with anybody. And that's not a true conservative. In fact, that is a huge enemy to conservatism. Conservatives, a real conservative stands on principle. No, we can't do this. Our government is completely unprincipled now. All it seeks to do is grow and exert power. That's all it seeks to do. And and basically cause people to make bad choices. All right, I got to tell you that one of the first things that he said after being elected speaker was that he, you know, that they passed the funding for Israel and I have I've, I've got a, I've got a huge problem with that. I mean, he's he's one of the Israel fanboys and I'm not I, I would prefer for somebody like that to get up. Well, I'm, for I'm, me, it's America, America first. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you there, but I am going to tell you what their argument is. If we don't keep Israel, the whole Middle East goes over into complete conflagration. That's the rationale for it. That is, and, and you know, I don't know if it's true or not. I think Israel relies too much on American money and not enough on God Almighty. There need to be more people in Israel on their knees praying, Jehovah, guide us. You know, there need, there need to be more people in Israel really seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. But that doesn't occur because their eyes are blinded to it. So in the meantime, you know, we send them money with the uh, – if, if I'm going to tell you something, God moves in this day and time in ways that we don't understand. I feel it with this guy. And there are things that are above you and me being able to do a calculus on and say, oh, it happened because this person did this. No, it didn't. We don't understand. Israel has won some things in the past that were unexplainable. And they weren't based on us sending them $100 billion. So on that thing, I'm with you. Okay. The other, but, 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 but then there's the thing of where, you know, the support isn't just about religion. It's about having some sort of civilizing force in an area that would go nuts if they weren't there. That's the other side. And I'm not going to tell you you're right or you're wrong. I'm going to tell you what the rationale is. Well, he's got, he has his work cut out for him with the, you know, controversial budget that, you know, to keep the government going, right? Um, they got to get away from doing omnibus bills where you just have everything absolutely. in there. Absolutely. You got to go back to funding and, each branch of the government. And, uh, and there are things that need to be done. I talked to you about this um, about, about a week ago was that, I actually was looking at this whole speaker, you know, this whole speaker issue as a great opportunity to pause and give people the time to look at some of these bills that they're trying, that the Biden administration is trying to push through. Because, you know, what greater way to say, oops, we, we can't do anything about it right now. We're, we're still trying to elect a speaker. So, you know, we've you just put a pause on the whole situation. You got a lot of bonds 
we got to get back working again, and the work has to be towards getting a lot of stuff eliminated. And uh, anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm excited. This right. is the first time I've been excited about anything going on in government. I knew McCarthy was bogus. You know, our congressman argued with me. He argued with me on Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan. He is our congressman is not a true conservative, not in the way he says he is. But you have to decipher what people say and do. Who's writing their checks? That kind of thing. I mean, I've had him on the show. I'll have him anytime he wants to be on. He hasn't been answering my texts lately. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it would have been fun to interview him during this all this discussion about. Well, there wasn't the anything speaker. to talk about no. during the discussion. I know, he, it's just been like, you're not going to hear exactly what's like going the, on. You know, like an insider. Way, you know what's going you're on. You're not going to hear it. You're not going mean, to hear it. No it's it's this Gates thing. Um, anyway, so um, what do you want to talk about? Uh, you stepped over any hope, homeless people like Oh, don't no, don't say that. All right. Well, and uh Missy like, you know, she's sort of got her own thing going downtown, you know, in terms of Well, now we've got surveillance. We have people actually sleeping inside the fountain at Thoroughbred Park. So they've taken out the water and so they're down in the fountain so you can't see them from the street level. I see. Uh-huh. A little bit of privacy. Yeah, unless you're walking your dog early in the yeah, morning. Unfortunately, that's yeah. the that's that's my case, so um, uh, my my dog is is curious as to what, why the bodies are in the are hanging yeah. out. But at any rate, well, there, I was wanting to talk to you, and you said you didn't want to, you wanted to talk about the Speaker of the House. But one of the articles that I just read recently was you know, and and hopefully, maybe we'll start seeing more positive movement in some of the in some of the government sort of issues. One of the things that has been a direct result of the Biden administration's leadership is that increasingly the woke culture is turning off potential recruits in our armed forces. And I read an absolutely sobering article on the fact that all the branches of the military, all of their annual recruiting goals are the worst that they have ever been since it became an all voluntary force in 1973. That's sobering. It's terrible. It's very sobering. And it has resulted in them not only but because of that, they are having to pay people more. And the wor- that, that, that alarms me. But what really alarms me is they have to lower their standards. So now, you know, um, if you – things that would have disqualified you before – or, and we talked about this maybe a year ago. I, we were talking about the actual physical tests that are required for you to pass, you know, f- for you to be physically capable of being in the armed forces, that they have brought those down to such a, a lowered level that we are not, and we said this before, we are not the best of the best of the best anymore. Did you see the news article where an all-female group of Israeli fighters killed like a hundred militants no yeah and that's what happened well you've got um the uh, one of in this article is talking about that both the army and the air force cadets are being taught to be 
color conscious rather than color blind. While the Navy has set up a task force, One Navy, for sailors to examine and acknowledge their interpersonal biases and intersectional identities. I mean, it goes on. This is like this, this sweeping embrace of diversity, equity, and inclusion ideology has made issues so unpalatable to the recruits that they're just saying, no, thank you. So when, you know, so, you know, joining the armed forces, when it used to be something that people were proud to do, it was, it was an option as opposed to going to school and they were proud to do it. Now there is this turnoff of that the military culture is not what it used to be. And it's not something that the typical male or even female wants to be associated with. Let us get attacked like Israel did and, That'll change pretty quick. Well, I think they will. Uh, you know, the mil- the history of the military in our country has always been sort of an up and down thing. Um, you've had guys get promoted to colonel, general, mm-hmm. very quickly in wartime because their leadership capabilities – came out and became apparent, and it was obvious, you know, um, the obvious. The, the nature of the military is a reflection of the values of a country, and our values are not good now, so we're not going to have well, a good... We have become so politicized it is there is there is such our our moral values are are in the in in the toilet there i mean there there's so many things that are that we've abandoned now could significant difficulty change that could it catalyze us morally i think it could but I think that we would have to probably suffer some great shocks. Well, what I'm suggesting is, is what you're, what we are seeing in the house, you know, that, you know, just, it's almost like the same, the same issues are going on everywhere. Mark my words. And we are seeing it. Listen, you heard it here. Mike Johnson will be president. He is now the third in line. In 2028. He may be appointed president. I'm telling you, this is all going to change. The the great tectonic shift. They get really serious about these impeachment things and the corruption of the Biden administration. Could go very quickly. We all know he's a joke. We know Kamala's a joke. Now we have somebody, you know, can you imagine if Hakeem Jeffries had ended up as Speaker of the House simply because the Republicans couldn't come together. This is like the hand of God. I mean, he, he, he has showed up at the time when we need him. There is a chance that Mike Johnson will be president before the 2024 election. I'm telling you, you won't hear anybody else say this. And I could be wrong. But when I look at the Louisiana political tradition, I look at the trajectory, I'm going to tell you, there's something. I'm getting a feeling 
and I don't know where I get this feeling. Well, I'm cautious, but I still like that statement, and it's enough to read it again. This is a free country, he says, but we do not give special protections for every person's bizarre choices. And I'm like, amen. Yeah, it's like not everybody wants to eat gator. I mean, that, do, you, do I need representation? We're going down to Louisiana Cause, cause over there. Like, yeah, well, I like to. You know, I have freckles, and I would demand special I, had, I demand special privileges for, freck, for freckled people I'm discriminated against. You used to have freckles. I have freckles. You only have them when it's sunny, right? No, I have freckles. Oh, my gosh. We digress. Yeah. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. Oh, yeah, they used to call you that, didn't Had to be a little bit lighter. Yeah, you can't end on some of the downer notes. Anyhow, you've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Missy Clifton. Our financial hour is coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes.